We're back and never gone for too long. I have to say I'm absolutely thrilled at all the incredible things happening right now in the Milky Way Tech Hub. I literally could not be more excited, honestly. And we've just received so much tremendous support from all of the community and our base just continues to grow. There's just so many amazing, exciting things happening and to be excited about and I can't wait to share. So Jet Constellations is actively seeking official partnership for the Milky Way Tech Hub. So if you or anyone you know is a founder of a tech company that supports diversity in tech, specifically here in Milwaukee, have them reach out to me at Nadia at JetConstellations.com. That's N-A-D-I-Y-A-H at JetConstellations.com to get more information on how to contribute to the Milky Way Tech Hub initiative. So there's lots to chat about today. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in and start with our shooting star of the day. Today's shooting star is Mark Dean. He's the inventor of color IBM PC monitor and gigahertz chip. Before flat screens and high-definition LCD monitors were the norm, PC displays were limited to screens with no color that were tethered to computers with limited processing power. And that all changed thanks to the inventor, Mark Dean. Dean began working on IBM as a chief engineer in the early 1980s, making up a team of 12 people who would develop the first IBM PC. In addition to helping create IBM's original machine in his early years with the company, he also worked to develop the color monitor and led the team that developed the first gigahertz processor. The massive chip built in 1999 would allow for higher processing rates at faster speeds within PCs. Our shooting star is Mark Dean. Today's tech topic is the power of open source data. Open data is powering a new civic movement that is changing the way citizens experience our nation's cities. Dozens of US cities now offer fairly comprehensive open data portals with information on varied types of government activity and a choice of formats to suit the diverse needs of casual readers, journalists, and data analyst junkies. Others haven't yet gone that far, but do offer some data limited to perhaps single subjects such as police information or property records. So there's no fewer nowadays than 85 U.S. cities that now have some type of open data portal. So there's companies like OpenGov and Govini that make it possible for city managers and residents to examine finances, access police department overtime, and monitor other factors that let them compare their city's performance to neighboring municipalities. So now businesses are tapping city data to provide residents with useful and practical information. So one of the better examples is a company, Nextbus, which uses metropolitan transportation data to tell commuters when to expect a bus along their route. Commuter apps like this have become very common in cities in the U.S. and really around the world. Another website, Spot Crime, collects analyzes and maps crime statistics to tell city dwellers which areas are safest or most dangerous and to offer crime alerts. And there's a Chicago-based company, Purple Binder, which helps people in need find city healthcare services. There's clearly a huge benefit to making city data open-sourced. 
A recent group has surfaced called Code for Milwaukee here in the Milky Way that is now bringing individuals who are interested in bringing technology to various parts of local government together to create solutions to city issues. Whether you're a designer, developer, or a product manager, everyone is encouraged to join regardless of their experience. I had the opportunity to speak to one of the founding members, Andrew Yaspin, to share about Code for Milwaukee. So let's listen in. Okay, so today we're here with Andrew Yaspin. How are you doing today? I'm well. How about you? Fantastic. I'd like to start off with an interesting or fun question for you before we even start with introductions. So if you had a late night talk show, who would be your first guest? Wow. Um, well, it's funny. I was talking uh, to my girlfriend the other day about these historians that seem to stick out in uh, municipalities. Uh, so uh, a big one here is John Goethe. Um, I think that would be an interesting um, person to interview, at least as sort of like maybe a first, uh, I don't know, framing for this show in, okay. in Milwaukee. John um, Goethe. <laughs> so tell the listeners who John Goethe is, for those that don't know. He is a historian that wrote um, a constantly um, evolving mm-hmm. uh, story of Milwaukee called um, The Making of Milwaukee. Um, and we went to his latest uh, book release, which was in January, I think. Okay. Um, or, yeah, around January, maybe December. And um, he just released this new chapter, which was basically on sort of the latest uh, news and developments in Milwaukee and sort hmm. of his taste and prediction for the future. Okay. Well, you're teaching me something already. John Gerda. I'm going to have to look him up, honestly. <laughs> It's <laughs> the first time I've heard that name. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> so now that we've talked a little bit about John Goethe, let's <laughs> dive into who you are. So who is Andrew Yaspin? Um, well, it's a very complicated question. But um, I guess so in Milwaukee, I, I came here um, for a job at the Medical College of Wisconsin mm-hmm. um, with the Clinical and Translational Science Institute which is a grant-funded initiative um, by the federal government to basically build uh, resources and capacities mm-hmm. in regional area- in areas um, around translating science to practice mm-hmm. um, and then translating from practice to practice to try and take data that's useful for one thing and make it useful for another. Awesome. So it sounds like you're pretty smart. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit more about what you do at MCW. Yeah. Um, so some of the projects that I do um, are centered around um, enriching our data warehouse, which is built first on health records mm-hmm. um, and its associated and adjacent data um, labs. Uh, scans, things like that, mm-hmm. um, and then using certain um, software or technologies like natural language processing mm-hmm. um, to get into the more messy data and mm-hmm. try and pull out things that will make that data more useful for researchers and hopefully the public. Okay, so making the data useful for research researchers, but what about like the actual like 
instructors? Yeah, that's Do a great question. Do they ever get a hold of some of the stuff you're working on? So it's an interesting question because my role in particular has been initiated and funded by a bunch of doctors, oh, okay. the pathologists. Okay. Um, and so my initial um, like mandate is to, to serve their needs mm-hmm. um, with this set of, of data and the set of tools that we have access to and give access to um, for our partners, which include not just the medical college, but also University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Marquette, uh, medical, uh, not medical school, um, Milwaukee School of Engineering, mm-hmm. um, and I think even Madison, um, and maybe some others, the blood center. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, long, long answer to, to get to the bottom of it, though. Uh, yes, we try and help physicians um, both with their research and sort of their just knowledge practice, and hopefully the end of the translation sort of um, framework is to have the research actually make tangible change within practice. That's awesome. I really, so one thing that I love about this field, like for me, um, a lot of people don't know that I'm in data science <laughs> myself. People always think that, um, I don't know, they know I'm in tech, but they don't really associate me as a data scientist or something like that. But one thing that I really like is how like we can really see how our work gets into the field mm-hmm. like you know, right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas I feel like other fields, which are just as impactful, sometimes like my friends were in like sociology and they're doing research and then like, when will you see this actually put into play? Yeah. <laughs> and so I really like that. Um, usually like in the sciences, you can, um, you know, discover something or make a breakthrough or just whatever research you're doing, you can sort of put it into practice a bit more quick, quicker than usual um, or other spaces so i really like that and um it just makes me think about my personal research that i do well outside of um the other three jobs that i have (laughs) so what i do is um i work with natural language processing models um to um, sort of assess where a veterans a military veterans um, mental health is Mm -hmm. And so it's a super cool project. I've been working with the team at Marquette for, I think, like over four years now, which is crazy because time moves so fast. Yeah. But I think it just goes to show you how, like, small Milwaukee is because earlier you were sharing that you knew the professor that I've been working with for so long. And so I feel like eventually we would have met each other that way. But before I met uh, or before you mentioned that, um, I believe we ran into each other at FEAR. Social mm-hmm. X, uh, Forget Everything, and Run program. Um, and there is one other angle. <laughs> so I think you reached out to me. You reached out to me on LinkedIn as well um, about Code for America. Mm-hmm. So there's three ways that we're just bound to meet each other. <laughs> and I think it's interesting and very telling how small Milwaukee is. Um, so you're from Chicago, right? Or is so I came here by way of Chicago, okay. but I, I grew up in New York. New York that's and then right. I was... Uh, in New Orleans for five years after college. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just being from like in a really like you know well known city <laughs> and coming to Milwaukee, what's the what's the difference? Wow. Um, <laughs> it seems like there are many differences, but many similarities. Um, I'd say that 
Milwaukee isn't really known for its diversity and like rich culture, but I'd say that it it sort of stands against mm-hmm. the others, or not stands against, but it sort of holds a candle to, to other cities which are mm-hmm. are more well known for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, what's nice about it is you don't have to go as far to to get to uh, places across the city. Yeah, because um, it is literally geographically smaller. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed that, um, and I heard this from some some people before I moved to Milwaukee, that it's sort of like a self-deprecating city. That it doesn't really celebrate itself as much as other places I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, We're starting it, to do that, though. The Milky Way. Had yeah. To plug it. <laughs> um, and I, I also think that there are interesting sort of obstructions and barriers to collaboration Mm -hmm. um and i'm not really sure what the root of it is Mm -hmm. i'm sure it has you know an interesting and and reasoned um you know story to it um but i'm i'm hoping that you know milwaukee's seeing new opportunity through collaboration yeah yeah so that's one thing that i've noticed as well starting my um business a little over a year ago now um, I, I have noticed that there there have been some challenges in terms of collaborations. But at the, at the very same time, though, Milwaukee's tech scene has been very welcoming. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it's just because that's just an, the, the nature of the tech scene here or um, if it was just because I was doing something that no one else was and mm-hmm. folks realized that it was necessary. Um, but I, I know exactly what you mean, though, and I do hope for more collaboration in the future. Because um, I think that's, that's exactly what's necessary to really take a city to the next level, right? And if you want to be a, you know, a well-known, established tech hub, um, it's going to take a level of collaboration to get our name out and to be you know, known nationally. So what are some of the things that you really like about Milwaukee's tech scene? Um, well, in addition to the texting, I'll just say that mm-hmm. the parks are awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the the ability to get around the city, I think, is probably improving, but I really like biking around the city. I mm-hmm. like that there's terrain. We there's, have to hop now. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shout out to Mayor Barry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chicago's flat. New Orleans is flat. It's nice to have some, you know, terrain, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do I like about the tech scene? Um, it has been welcoming, um, and I do feel like there are people in it that have been you know really working hard to facilitate mm-hmm. um both developing talent from within the city but also inviting outside talent in a way that they feel like they can contribute mm-hmm. to a tech movement and yep. tech collaboration yep um i think i also like just that it does seem like there really is enthusiasm for trying new things yeah as well so no, I I absolutely agree. Um, again, like when I when I came, I was like, you know, brand spanking new, and people looked around and was like, okay, whatever you got, <laughs> we'll take it. Um, and I and I'm always mentioning giving a shout out to Matt Cordial of Startup Milwaukee, um, because he was um, very kind. Um, he 
welcomed me with open arms and said like, hey, if you want to spearhead a diversity track, if you think that that's what's necessary, be my guest. And honestly, it really helped um, Jet Constellations to, you know, start rolling and get his name out there. And so I, I think that it's that level of collaboration that's necessary um, in order to really help to um, continue to build on Milwaukee's tech scene. So now that we've talked about some of the good, what are some things that you think we could possibly improve on or some opportunities? Um, well, I certainly think, you know, making intentional efforts to be inclusive mm-hmm. is something that I guess the city has like a history of not being super great at. Yeah. Um, I, I think <laughs> there are definitely signs that there, there is effort and intention to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly think there are there are sort of initiatives to you know support and sort of fall behind in that sense. Um, definitely think the Milky Way is one of them. Yeah. Um, I guess I also think that, and I've heard this lately, you know, from a lot of people that are close to me too, that there are opportunities for the city to kind of catch up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've been in cities that are infrastructurally maybe more behind um, and have a ways to go, but there are actually ways that they're sometimes ahead of Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So I think um, there are just unique opportunities to help Milwaukee catch up and take advantage of its talent, um, its resources, its institutional knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, and find unique ways and and or non-unique ways, uh, replicable ways to... um, to build the infrastructure, whether it's physical, digital, um, intellectual, um, to take the city to become more equitable and inclusive. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that far too often people that I've spoken to at least think that you know they don't e- either belong in the tech space or there's just not enough room in Milwaukee's tech space, but I think that there is so much opportunity because it's it's rather new. I want to say 2016, 2017 is when we really started to lift off mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with, um, you know, building momentum around Milwaukee's tech hub. And I think that there's just an incredible opportunity to really get your name out there and to start creating a brand for yourself. So like, you know, to the listeners, I think if you're even considering um, launching a tech startup, uh, don't think that there's not enough room. There's plenty of room, right? Like yeah. we're just getting started, and I think that you can speak to that even, right, uh, with some of the work that you're um, beginning, um, Code for America, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so Code for America is a national nonprofit, and I'll kind of go off what they put on their website real quick. Um, so they are a network of people making government work for the people, by the people, in the di- digital age, with government services that are easy to use, working to scale to help all Americans, starting with those that need most. Um, and where you know a local group comes in is um, they also support what they call brigades, and brigades are basically groups of volunteer people, um, generally at least some being developers and programmers or data scientists, and then also 
uh, people who are just interested in using the problem solving that comes with either computer science or the use of certain technologies um, to leverage both sort of knowledge and expertise, um, you know, a passion to modernize government mm -hmm. and improve their community or create more resources for community. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, uh, also just a sustainable and useful way of using skills. There are a lot of people that have come to some of our early gatherings and basically said, I don't have the greatest idea, but I want to work on one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we want to be able to kind of bring the ideas to yeah. the people and vice versa so that we can actually build some cool things. No, I love that model. I love that model. And so what exactly are you hoping to accomplish? There Packaged mission statement aside. <laughs> yeah, so Code for Milwaukee is trying to accomplish a few things. Um, we're interested in, yeah, modernizing government, so we look forward to working with public officials at various levels mm -hmm. um, to find ways for them to provide the information and resources that the public needs, but mm -hmm. also we want that to be a reciprocal relationship in which we can find ways to help them serve their constituents better. Um, not necessarily for any political game, but just because it allows for, mm -hmm. you know, everyone to have more of an equal shot and uh, an opportunity to really uh, enjoy the city the way that people with, um, you know, privilege and, um, and access do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, it's, it's not like, you know, going to change the world. It's a, it's a small, reasonable effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's putting people's talents to use. Hopefully it makes people more excited about the things that they've yeah. learned. Yeah. I think it's just super cool, right? Because I, I personally don't know of enough programs here in Milwaukee where individuals who do have a knack for programming or um, are program, programming enthusiasts, um, I don't know if there's like any sort of organization really where it's like, hey, come and let's work on something that's really impactful to the community, right? And I think that what happens sometimes is when you are a programmer and you're working a nine to five job, right? And is it maybe not the most impactful thing? Yeah. <laughs> maybe like working on <laughs> figuring out certain bugs, whatever. It's cool to be able to like, you know, use your skills for something that's meaningful to you, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that, again, helps to spur innovation and to further um, you know, build on this whole tech hub momentum um, that we're all pushing for. Yeah, and I will say that I think this this effort's coming on the heels or, or sort of um, spawning out of the efforts of a lot of individuals who've done similar things, but also a group that um, sort of helped inspire this one was the Milwaukee Data Initiative. Okay. Um, and just trying to take the lessons that they've learned and the work that they've done and the relationships they've made and kind of build off of and around it. Um but to whatever extent people want to think that this is something new and great, I'm all for that too. Yeah. No, but it's, I mean, shout out to them, right, for getting it going. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you're, you know, carrying the torch. So I'm, I'm curious, what level, what skill level do you have to be at to join Code for America? That's a great question. <laughs> I think there is a place for, for everyone. I mean, I, I, think, I think it could definitely be a place for people to just get sort of their feet wet mm -hmm. um when i went to shy hack night which 
you know, I didn't go to as much as I needed to to really develop all the lessons that I want mm-hmm. to kind of take from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I did, they had they had one um, session where it was basically everyone writes, writes a line of Python code. Mm-hmm. So they just passed a laptop around and everyone would kind of like add on. There was a set of like goals, an outline for what, you know, sort of some pseudocode for what yeah. people want to do. And it was just sort of a group contribution. Oh, wow. I so really, really love that. That's yeah. super cool. Um, and there's going to be orientation, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like, you know, that has to mm-hmm. be developed. So people will hopefully have a good understanding of what's even happening in the space mm-hmm. um, and how and what they can get involved in. But mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of development of sort of this vision and platform that needs to be built along the way yeah. for it to get there. Um, but yeah, really anyway, anyone. And also, I think in order to make useful, sustainable apps, the content knowledge needs to be there. Yeah. And that's not something that the developers have. Yeah. So I was just uh, talking about this on like, uh, I think it was like a blog or a vlog or something on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm building so much content lately. But it was about how like data science teams need to be diverse, right? Mm-hmm. And there needs to be um, more interdisciplinary teams. So folks who have um, the data science skills, right? But also um, subject matter experts, right? Um, because it's necessary, right? Because it's one thing to be able to build a model, right? But if you're not really speaking to <laughs> the yeah. data, you're not going to have the optimal results. So that is that is a really good point. And so say perhaps there is someone who's not as technical, but maybe is like a subject matter expert at mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, the, the topic of discussion is, they could certainly join. Yes. Yeah. And I think some of the coolest projects that I saw, you know, get built in D.C. or in mm-hmm. Chicago were those that were brought to the group by someone mm-hmm. who didn't necessarily have uh, programming or development skills yet, at least. All right. Well, that that sounds awesome to me. So I'm just going to bring the whole crew then. <laughs> be awesome. Um, and so you already know how excited I am for Code uh, for America and I already told you, like, I'm already part of the group. I don't care. <laughs> Just let me know what you need. Um, and it's, you know, very well aligned with um, the Milky Way Tech Hub initiative, right, which is to um, leverage technology, right, to um, build up the community, right, and make sure that Milwaukee's tech scene is inclusive. Um, and, um, you know, we're leveraging technology for everyone. Um, so I'm super excited to um, see that we have such an amazing organization that's coming up. Um, and I'm hoping that you'll be able to present um, at our next Milky Way Tech Hub meeting, May 25th. Um, and so I'm curious, what is one of like the first projects that you think you'll be targeting? Um, so when we had, I guess, one of the launching meetings, or at least... Um, a meeting for the the idea share that mm-hmm. Matt Richardson, who was sort of the torchbearer for the Milwaukee Data Initiative mm-hmm. and is kind of helping to to build a transition from the data initiative to Code for Milwaukee, had in March, um, was um, a organization came and they presented on trying to reproduce a project that was done in San Francisco called Adopt a Drain. And this has been reproduced, I think, in Raleigh. And it was actually originally a reproduction of something called Adopt a Fire Hydrant that was done in Boston by 
And these were all by a Code for America brigades. Wow. Um, and so this organization, Sweetwater, approached the group with this idea, not necessarily having, you know, either the time or the internal capacity to build it um, and want to see if we could do something. So it's actually something that should be very accomplishable. Um, and so that's one of the first things we want to do is this Adopt-A-Drain project, which would allow residents to find a neighborhood storm drain and basically just make sure it's clean so that the rainwater can go down in it. Because sometimes what happens is with littering or, you know, even just debris from rainstorms or something, it can get all clogged up Mm -hmm. and it doesn't do its job, which is not good for several aspects in the environment. Yeah, I Um, love that. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, there are a bunch of ideas that are coming from some of the developers. So I might have said that not a lot of developers have certain content expertise, but a lot of those that are really interested in this from the start, in addition to those who just want to do something to help, also have good ideas. So there are interesting ideas around um, making property assessment data more available and also finding a way for citizens to be able to... um, you know, raise issues with it, um, but not for anyone to be, you know, protesting or clamoring at City Hall, but a way for right. the government to be more responsive to those issues. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Very powerful. I love this. And um, I was sharing with you earlier, Andrew, like, whatever I can do to help, just let me know. I already have, like, <laughs> 10 jobs, <laughs> so I don't know when I'd have the time to come in and actually, like, develop code or anything this is helpful uh but yeah so i just want to make sure that you all have a platform and that you know um i can help facilitate whatever it is that you all need um to the best of my ability because this is amazing it's absolutely needed here and i cannot wait to see what you all will be able to produce in the upcoming months same so where do you all hope to be in maybe six months to a year yeah, so I guess I've been speaking already from sort of the future vision standpoint, mm-hmm. but I guess um, to make that more concrete, okay. it would be great to have, you know, at least an understanding of how often we're going to have these regular meetings, mm-hmm. um, if it needs to start out quarterly or monthly, Some and then develop going. into, yeah, mm-hmm. um, or develop into a bi-weekly or um, even a weekly um just to at least sort of have the basis for what that looks like for regular meetings. Um, so like for, for the core team or for your volunteers? Um, it would be great if there were volunteers that would, you know, be willing to show up, um, yeah, to these regular meetings. I mm-hmm. think uh, also, you know, what you want built into it is sort of a space that people feel like they're somewhat accountable to showing up at, mm-hmm. but that they're not like oh, I have to, you know, miss picking up my child or I need to, you know, sort of give up some, like everything else for it. Um, so a space that people feel like they want to be at um, and that they're accomplishing something important at but can to some extent come and go. Um, I mean, it's volunteer work for all we know, at least right now. Um, you know, we're hoping that certainly like entrepreneurship comes out of these relationships mm-hmm. and these connections. Um, but certainly like the effort that people will be putting in at first are going to be, yeah. you know, their time yeah. and effort. So I'm trying to imagine how it would work because, you know, I'm, I've had several jobs like a scrum master, project manager, I'm a product manager right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that just means like, you know, we 
develop uh, what the idea or the concept is, and then we, you know, get the wireframes going, and then eventually we actually start, you know, developing the code and building out an MVP one minimum viable product. And so, I'm just curious, like with a group of volunteers, with like you know, not, no accountability, I guess, or structure. Like, how do you really? Um, put rigor in place i guess that's a great question and i think that is part of where the, the core team would come in uh-huh. so the core team are the people that we see as um the people who sort of like make sure that gears turn mm-hmm. um in in the organization and what i mean by that is making sure that you know we have regular events um and that we sort of set up something like in a structure of accountability and a process for building projects um so i think the core team um, we'll have to identify ways of making sure that projects go ahead, especially those that we feel that are sort of being adopted and maintained by mm-hmm. the Code for Milwaukee Brigade group. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want, I think what we sort of see is a sort of sort of dense core that works on a few projects and make sure that they're done and maintained and sustained and have a home. Um, but then we also want to be building a greater ecosystem mm-hmm. um, for the networking, for building of, um, you know, basic minimum viable pro- uh, products mm-hmm. um, and for just kind of like brainstorming mm-hmm. and yeah, building capacity, kind of giving people an opportunity to to learn some coding skills. Um so I think, yeah, what it looks like will definitely take form. And I think what's exciting is there are people who know the project management and the software development cycle much better than I do who mm-hmm. are interested in this. Mm-hmm. So they will be extremely crucial to yeah the success of this and seeing real scale and, and value come out of it. Awesome. I think I'll have to invite you back in about six months to see how things are going. <laughs> um, but again, this is so amazing and absolutely necessary. And I'm so glad to help to get the word out about it. I'm sure people are going to be interested in learning how they can become more involved. So why don't you share? Yes. Um, so we're going to develop more social media avenues for the group. But for now, we have a Twitter account. Um, it's at Code4MKE. Ooh, that's official. Um, Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we have a meetup group. So if you just look up code from Milwaukee, okay. um, we are there. Um, there is also, if you're interested in getting involved in a whole another messaging platform, um, a lot of um, developers and programmers and kind of people who just kind of like to gossip about Milwaukee <laughs> are on something called Slack. Slack. Yeah, yeah, which is used very commonly within development organizations or um, sometimes even just project teams that are working on any sort of technical project, um, Milwaukee Slack. Um, and there is a channel within the Slack, um, which is it is CFA MKE Brigade. So that's CFA hyphen MKE hyphen Brigade. Um and yeah, I hope you find us there. But there is also an easy possibility of oh, just emailing. Because <laughs> yeah. I realize that, you know, some yeah. of these things are not the most accessible. Yeah. Um, you can just email Andrew at codeformilwaukee.org. Um, that is another possibility. And I can get you on an email list. 
Awesome. Well, you know, I'm already on the email list, so I'm going to have to uh, make sure that I'm following you on all the social media outlets because I am all for this. Thank you so much for taking the time out to share. No problem. Shout out to anyone who has been involved so far in, you know, seeing this become real. Um, it's great that people feel like there's something that we can learn from other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that we can kind of come together um, and build and kind of see where it goes. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with the amazing Andrew Yaspin, a huge supporter of the Milky Way Tech Hub. I'm super excited to see the amazing things that will come out of coal for Milwaukee. Next week, Saturday, we will be having the third Milky Way Tech Hub meetup at Pinrod Software at 10 a.m. So add us on the meetup app or like our Facebook page for more information. And I hope to see you there. That's all we have for today. As always, give us a follow on our Instagram and Facebook pages, Jet Constellations and Down to Mars Podcast. Down to Mars Podcast functions as a platform for Jet Constellations Milky Way Initiative to rebrand Milwaukee as the Milky Way Tech Hub, a tech hub that thrives on diversity. If you are interested in supporting diversity in tech, please donate by visiting our website, downtomarsmke.com. Until next time.